to Mind of a Man. I'm your host, Elder Jones, and we just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing us to come into your space and uh, spend some time with you. I uh, have a beautiful host here. I always like my host to introduce themselves because I'm just a firm believer that no one can introduce you like you. Because we get a lot of cue cards and a lot of things that we say and accolades. We always read off the accolades. But people want to, to I like them to relax and, you know, just be themselves. All right. So let's, let's dive into this thing. Okay, let's, let's dive. Tell, let, let, tell us about you. Who are you, first of all? Well, my married name until I change it. Is you mean the government name? Yeah. Okay. The government, right, the government is Shamika Haynes, but... Hopefully, they'll change in the next couple of months back to my name, Shamika Chappelle. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. So, tell us more about you, Ms. Shamika. Well, um, I've been a contributing writer for Scars of Survivor magazine. Um, I do media coverage. <laughs> um, I'm a mother, a grandmother. I have my own cleaning service. Right. I'm still awesome. trying to get my t-shirt line off the ground, what is a mom master of many, which is not about being a mother, but it's everything that we as mothers do. We have to be all around. So I'm trying to get that off the ground as well as trying to get with my niece to try and get our Smile You're Beautiful Foundation back up, which her and my late sister started that after I lost my daughter nine years ago whom had Down syndrome. Oh, okay. So Smile Your Beautiful was created to give those with disabilities a chance to put on designer clothes, to right. walk the runways, and just their smile matter because they are so overlooked. Okay, okay. So Shmi, tell us why you're here today. Well, as I told Miss Carolyn, I, which she has known me, right. known my niece, my niece worked with her, I was in a situation that I got married last October 1st. Yes, ma'am. And come to find out uh, my husband was still married oh, to his former wife. Mm. Just a lot of lies in between, a complete narcissist, a liar. <laughs> we was in ministry together. And it said it, for those that had known him, for a long time, they already knew what type of person this was and knew what he had did to a former wife number four. I was wife number six, need I mind you. <laughs> oh, so knew what he had did to another wife he had, ex-wife he had inside of the ministry and the way he left out of the marriage by cheating and everything else. So it's been a total mess. He had me arrested. <laughs> and... uh I'm still going through it because even though he knows all this, he still have not went and filed to have the marriage declared null and void. Okay. So I'm going to have to pay the court costs and fees, the filing fees to get back in court so I can get my name back restored to me. He changed his number, blocked me from social media. Like I said, he went back to wife number five and it's just been a complete mess. So, so when you say y'all were in ministry, y'all did y'all have a a 
a church together? No, we or, didn't have a church together. We set up under the same leadership wow. together. But it's sad to say these two people knew him and the only reason. So I, the leadership knew? I'm, I'm, leadership I'm, I'm, knew. They knew. And the only reason I talked to him, because I used to go to church, you know, speak to everybody, do what I need to do. And mm -hmm. I would go home. And, you know, he went, he did things the way that he supposed to have done. And he went to the pastor and inquired about me. Was saying, you know, Elder Shamika, you know, I, I don't see her husband coming to church with her. So the pastor was like, oh, no, she's not married. She'll make somebody a good wife. <laughs> So he went through one of the other members trying to get my phone number, didn't get it from him. We supposed, I supposed to have been at this 5K walk with them, but I got deterred by another situation trying to help another friend out. So he went to one of the other elders that he know had everybody number. So, so I want to, as they say, I want to back that thing on up. Back it up. Back it on up. A leader mm -hmm. who is over mm -hmm. over a particular body or over, over people. Mm -hmm. He says this 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 thing. No, she's not married, and she'll make a good wife. Mm -hmm. But this is the same leader that he's been under. Mm -hmm. More than one time, need I mind you? <laughs> with another significant other. Yes. And there, there, he still holds a leadership position? Well, well, I, well, I say that because if he was holding a leadership position before when you met him and they knew his history, why didn't they not sit him down and teach him? That's what others that are connected to me uh, wanted to know. They was like, why would they even allow him to talk to you right. and they know his past? Right. And a lot of times some leaders will say, well, it's not my business. We don't put people together. Well, you did because he came to you. So I feel like as my covering, you should have told him no because we know what happened the other times you have been well, here. Well, do you think it's right? Let me say this. As a leader, mm -hmm. what was you expecting from your leader? I expect what, what for was a leader even... to keep me covered, okay. to keep me safe, because I have a teenage daughter. My other kids are grown, but I have a teenage daughter, you know. And, you know, it's devastating because my kids have never just cared for anybody that I talk to, I guess, because I'm mom. <laughs> Well, you know, so, rightfully expected, they don't want to see you hurt. Right. So when my older daughter and, you know, my youngest daughter, you know. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people do say I that. I was like, you know. I don't want you. I, I didn't even want to marry anybody unless I knew my kids was going to have a level of respect for them. Okay. So it was devastating when they finally thought they could trust somebody to be in my life. Mm -hmm. And this had to happen to their mother. Right. So, you know, well, a lot of, lot of seniors, they say, hey, it ain't none of my business. You grown. Y'all, as we say, we're grown folks. So you do what grown folks do. But you said there should have been a level of 
caring on the mm -hmm. leadership part because he initiated mm -hmm. through the leaders mm -hmm. and they could have had a decency to set both of you down and ask him. So my, my, my next thing is, did y'all ever get any counseling? No, he he rushed the marriage, to be honest. They was going to do the counseling. At the time me and him met was a time when I was going through things with my mother because I have a bedridden mother who's on dialysis. Sorry, Sorry to hear that. Um, trying to argue with family because she didn't give me power of attorney. She gave it to my niece whom she's raised from a baby. So that's like another sister to me. <laughs> Even though I lost my sister, but that's just like a sister. <laughs> so... It's like we know she want to be home, but we all work. So that was so a distraction. That was from, a distraction. From getting the counseling. And when they was made aware of his intentions, because you're so concerned about Rasta Shana that was going on, what was going on ministry, even though you were saying counselor, but you know this is a cold, calculated person that's manipulative. Did you not think he was going to go behind your back and manipulate? So, so and tell what people he what I know what Rasta Shana is. Tell people what Rosh Is it like the Hebrew or Jewish holiday? It's a Jewish that holiday. Observe? Because when I got to that ministry, that's the first time I had I heard, heard, and heard, heard anybody like, observing it. Things like Yeshua, Hamashiach, yes. you have, um, uh, um, what is that called? Now, I'm, <laughs> I seem like I'm forgetting uh, where, where they really, um, Yom Kippur. Yes, yes. Um, and then Booth that comes after. Right. Uh, so right after that. All that was going on, and they was more focused on that. But I feel at a certain time, I can only say what I would do. If I was in that position, mm -hmm. I know this person. I see what's going on. You know his ways. I would have taken that time to say, let me pull them in. Let me make this man tell her the truth. Well, if they're doing observation of the first five books, mm -hmm. right, um, how is it that they did not put him initially out as a leader? He, how left, did, how he does... left the leadership five years ago after he destroyed another, like I said, I got a chance to talk to wife now before me and her still communicating now. She stayed with him the longest for 21 years and I had to ask her after everything she told me from his drug addiction mm -hmm. to him stealing from her. She had to have him locked up, had to have a, um, a TPO taken out on him and you know, just things he did, she regret that she put her youngest son out because of him. And I was like, she got set out multiple times and had to go stay with kids. And I was like, well, why did you stay with him? And she was like, well, I loved him. He was my assignment. No, I feel <laughs> if a person is your assignment, then somewhere along that line, they would have changed their behavior pattern and ways. They would have right, did a right. total turnaround. Right. This individual find new ways to do what he do. And then after, you know, marriage and everything else, that's when the true side of him comes out. So, so tell me this. And all these calculations of marriage, does he do this in what we call the place of the house of the Lord. Yes. Is this where yes. he, he, yes. he brings Yes, because the lady that he's with now that he had married before me, he met her in the church. And because she already had a business, mm -hmm. 
and he's a master baker. You know, he do little chef work. He do pastry, bakery work, whatever have you. It's like searching for folks that's opportunists. He's opportunist. Okay. Looking for folks he feel he could pray off of. So, studying people and praying off people. So, my my next my my next thing is, mm -hmm. do you look at leadership since you've been through this this situation here or this ordeal? Do you look at the leadership in the body of Christ differently, um, or is it just this particular house? It's this one because if I had a taking time like I should have, but like I said, I was caught up in that moment and it felt good to have somebody to, because Showing I'm so used attention. to doing, yeah, because I'm so used to doing so much and taking on so much and taking every care of everybody, not taking care of me. Uh, it felt good to have that person to be able to go out with, you know, to be able to talk to, whatever have you, you know, to do little things with at that time. So it kind of felt good at that moment. Like I said, the true him didn't come out to after marriage. But if I had a gotten him to my God brother, other people that knew me, that, you know, my Godson and everybody that knows me, if I had a had the opportunity to introduce him to them, I'm sure they would have called it out. You think so? I know so. I'm going to challenge you on that. I know so. Uh, and the reason why I'm going to say I'm going to challenge you on that mm -hmm. is be because being a woman of God, mm -hmm. do you think that God never let you know? Well, you know, the I, choice that some you of made. the signs I feel was there, but because you're so caught up and so much going on around you, you're not paying attention to it. Okay. You're not paying attention so it's not to that those he little bitty signs. Right. So it wasn't that he didn't alert you not to go down this, this path or pick this individual. It's just that you weren't paying attention. attention. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so that's why I say I wanted to challenge you because a lot of us, what happens is it's not that we didn't didn't no, know the sign. Some little signs right. was there. That, yeah. that, that it kept popping up. And yet it ran back, like trying to hide back. But we understand that what he just said wasn't, wasn't cool. What he just did was wasn't not cool. cool. Right. And then come back and apologize or try to sweep it underneath the rug. And I, I, I was challenging you because mm -hmm. I always say, you don't need other people. A lot of times, I believe that we just need to observe more, sharper than we normally do. Especially, uh, my, my, my thing is, I always ask uh, important questions. Mm -hmm. Whenever we have someone new that we meet, we meet people all the time. But I'm saying when we meet them to come into our inner circle, mm -hmm. we get to make a decision. I get to make a decision where I choose to place you in my inner circle or in my life, right? I get to choose to observe you. I get to make that choice. No one else can make that choice. People can tell me whatever they want to tell me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, God said, that's your choice. So our choices, right, mm -hmm. has a way of affecting our future. That's and when true. you're dealing with relationships, right, 
this is two things I, I, I say. We never get taught in seminary how to handle money, how to manage people, and how to deal with relationships. And relationships are the most important thing mm -hmm. because it helps you to know where you're going to place these particular people in your life, That's especially true. when they're important, right? So what you're saying about your leader, right, is like, my leader left me uncovered. And when you leave me uncovered, <laughs> I'm going to take issue with you. You know, I, I'm going to take issue with you because um, I would never have done you that way. But I always say to people, just because you treat people right don't you mean, mean that it's going to be the same, same way. way. Mm -hmm. So in families, we know, brothers and sisters, that uh, we can grow up with, with people right. in the same household, have the same mom and dad, and don't feel as though we're being treated the same. That's true. And then That's war true. breaks out because then they take issue with you because either you have something they want or you got more attention. That's true. But your struggle was harder than theirs. But they couldn't endure your struggle, so that's why they didn't get that struggle. So I always say, just because, and even in leadership I watch, mm -hmm. just because you wouldn't do your leader that way don't mean that it gets reciprocated. Right, because, I mean, it left me, like, in a state of confusion because here it was, those people that act like they was all for the relationship and... <laughs> I mean, you know, ooh, you well, know, people he got see a crush. You Who know, doesn't I said, well, maybe they, I said, well, maybe they thought he had changed. You know, maybe well, they thought he had changed. Well, we they, want to see you, know, you We want to see everybody succeed. Next, so that's why we're happy. Next, here come all the questions, and and I'm like, you know, one minute they like they for you, the next minute they like, you know. <laughs> So I'm like, you fall for me, next minute here come. Well, did he tell you everything? Well, did this? Did this? So I'm like, what's going on? So when I when I said there are some things about that you get to make a choice of, right? Mm -hmm. One of the questions I always say that I believe is this: Who sent them? Meaning that when you get in a relationship. Who sent that individual? Did God send them or did my enemy send them? And then two, what is it that I need to learn? What is being shown to me? I and why is the, it important? I feel the lesson in all of this is never allow anybody to rush you. Um, make sure you go through that marriage counseling because if I had to put my foot down and waited and we would have went through that counseling, no, I would have never married him. Why you couldn't put your foot there? Like I say, I was so busy caught up into what was going on family-wise and the pressure that was going on family-wise, mm -hmm. um, trying to work, trying to manage my team because she's very active. Like, I'm active in different things. She's active. She was in the band. <laughs> you know, um, she was doing like the... Um, what is it like the little coach thing for the volleyball team? She's a part of uh, Emory Hospital mentorship program. Okay. So 
between yeah she does a lot she does a lot she's working two jobs now school year is start back so i'm like genesis you got to make a decision which one you gonna leave so you know she's working public part-time and chick-fil-a so i'm constantly always running between my schedules and i guess she get that from me because when i was a part of uh, new order national human rights organization some years ago um, and that's an organization that fights police brutality and corruption, trying to bridge the gap between the community and officials, okay. as well as police officers, making sure that, you know, there is justice and not injustice. So I've had her out in the field with me with that. When I was pastoring a church when she was younger, she was like my little armor bearer. <laughs> She's been on the praise team, okay. the choir, the dance ministry. So it's like, little me growing up. <laughs> but she's done more than what I was doing at her age because we didn't have jobs at that age. Is that what she wanted to do? Or you think she just leaned into that way? Because that, is that an expectation that you think that as a leader, mm-hmm. that she was following your lead? I'm sure she was. I never put her in anything. All I know when she gets home from school, she was like, Mama, I signed up for this. I got practice this. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I was a band mom for a minute because I was able to make a lot of the games and, you know, support her. So, So, and people tell me, you don't sit down. So what make you think she going to do because you raised her? <laughs> so I got, I got an important question here. Mm-hmm. What did you think she learned out of that relationship? I hope she learned. Be more patient. I hope so. Get to know fully. Um, make sure to take that counseling. Look for the warning signs. Don't be so distracted. And that's the important thing. Don't become so distracted that you're overlooking when God is showing you those signs, don't be so distracted that you're overlooking those signs and don't be so caught up that you're overlooking these signs. Okay. So do you think um, that she would take heed to that? I don't know. Genesis is headstrong. So she's headstrong. So she got pretty much a little mind of her own and she's one of my kids that me and my niece talk, because both of them flow in the pathetic calling. Okay. So I'm like, she's the only one of my kids that's hard to figure out. And my niece said, you know, one prophet recognized the net. So she's going to be hard for you to figure out, which that's been spoken over her life since she was a baby. I find this generation a lot different. They are. They so, are so, so much different. So they're not as much concerned about what you say to them. They're not. But they're, they're watching mm-hmm. what you do. So I, what you have done, do you think that affects her choices and how she deals with relationships or with from life? From what I watch from Genesis in relationships, um, I feel like myself, when you have to walk away and leave, it hurts. But with her, she'd rather walk away than to stay. Okay. Okay. So that's the same thing with me. I will walk away before I stay and allow you to keep damaging me. And that's the same with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, she's she's taught kids out of school, even in middle school, from committing suicide. Um, she's a caretaker and a caregiver, just as I am. She's compassionate, but she know she knows those boundaries. She know when to pull away. Okay. So that's a good thing I recognize in her. I I, I hear and watch a lot of leaders, mm -hmm. um, spiritual leaders, and. I believe we like to think so, mm -hmm. that our children will, will make these wise decisions and that we've invested time and energy. She's making but, a mistake, though. But <laughs> I, I, what I see, mm -hmm. the result is something different. They keep themselves busy, mm -hmm. and they want to always feel accepted by their peers. She they, already, they, already, they already know that she mom and dad, mm -hmm. I, I remember I had a talk with my, I think my second oldest, and she says, I know mom and dad loves me, mm -hmm. but I, I needed to hear it from someone else. I needed to hear it from a man because they have become a woman now. And so when she made this statement, I said, well, Regardless of, I always told you that you were beautiful. Uh, young ladies uh, take that mm -hmm. um, very seriously about who am I? Mm -hmm. Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? And do you, do you want me? Do you like me? I feel my daughter struggles. You know, I, I tell her no matter what she does, I'm proud of her. But like you say with kids, uh, because she's the last of my kids, it's a 20 plus year age gap between her and her sisters. Mm -hmm. Oh, she got siblings on both sides, this side and her dad's side. She's the baby right. of everybody. So it was hard for her trying to find her way in school. It was hard for her being bullied at school and a lot of things she did not tell me and her father. Uh, like you say, kids look for acceptance. And like I told her, um, you're not going to be accepted by everybody. Right. You, you, I'm just sorry. That's the way God, God has it. He got you set aside for a purpose. So you cannot look for that acceptance. But like you say, we can talk all we want to, but they're still going astray. And like her father told me, you have to allow these kids to make their own mistakes and learn from them. Um, one thing me and her father was hoping, we was hoping she would graduate before she got, got to be a mother, but unfortunately, well, it's a blessing to me still, because babies are blessings, but she's expecting now, so, you know, she thought I was going to reject her, and I had to let her know, I, you are my child, I would never reject you, because I was a teen parent. My thing is to be a mother and be supportive. No, this was not our hopes for you. Like, this was not planned. Got it. it was not planned, but regardless to the fact you are our daughter, we're going to love you. We're going to support you. Um, my mom, you know, made sure we still finish school. I told her you're still going to finish school. Uh, you're still going to college. I'm going to help you with this baby, but make sure this is the last. <laughs> so, so do you think that's a generational thing? It, it is to do me. Do you think now my even mom, with your relationship, you, do you think it was a generational thing? I feel with her it had to be because 
you know, my mother came up in hard times, so affection was never showed. I show my kids more affection than what I was showed because I let that. And because me and her father both had demanding jobs and we was gone so much, and it's pretty like a child raising themselves pretty much because I'm gone when last key kid. Yeah, I'm gone before the sun comes up. I'm back home when the sun is down, so it's just enough time to probably talk to her, probably eat. Then both of us go to bed and back up to start the day over again. Right. So even though she know we parents, but when you got two parents that's working all the time, but her father got a chance to spend a little more time with her than I did, like carry the six flags every year to the water park. That's her favorite thing. So a lot of things he got a chance to do more with, and she has a good bond with her other siblings on, on that side. It's so she's one a daddy's of the girl. Yeah, she's a daddy's girl. She, well, I don't know. She loved me, but she's I a daddy's girl. I didn't say that girl. she didn't love you, man. I just said I tell she's you a, what, she's I tell a daddy, you what, daddy's girl. Even though me and him are not together, but I promise you, his girls talk to him more than they talk to us as the mothers. <laughs> and why do you think that's so? Because <sighs> I have my beliefs, but I, I want to hear it from a... To from me, a he uh -huh. give it to him straight. He's straightforward with him. He's a little more patient, but he was more the disciplinarian. I was more the softer parent, so she got away with more on me than she do with him. Normally, that's the opposite. <laughs> Normally, the mothers are the harder ones mm -hmm. with their daughters because it's, it's that I'm learning to be a queen. Mm. And fathers are, that's my daughter, and I don't think any man's going to be really good enough for her. <laughs> so when we were talking about our daughters looking for traits. Like I have a daughter. I have some daughters, mm -hmm. and they 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 like being around me. So and and they like to hear my point of view. Mm -hmm. My boys will will be more with mom, and and so my wife really stays on my 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 girls, uh -huh. and and let them know when they're wrong even though they don't want to hear it. They're adults. All my children are adults. But navigating relationships are hard. So our original topic was about leaders mm -hmm. and about why do they, why are they doing, why are they, you know, stepping out or not covering the people? I, I will tell you that a lot of leaders are lacking that because they never address what was missing in the first place. Okay. When you become a leader and someone looks at your blind spot and tells you um, you have a weakness and your weakness might be women, let's mm -hmm. say that, and, but you're married. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but this is your thing. You, you like beautiful, beautiful, smart, intelligent women. Mm -hmm. And uh, flirtatious women start saying certain things to you as a leader. Well, one of the things you need to do is guard yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay? Never put yourself in a situation you have no business being. One, by yourself. Right. Two, uh, if that leader has a wife, then she needs to be by your side. Exactly. Unless she's taking care of something else 
But then you have another leader come beside you, another male, be like, hey, don't do that. Or even say it to the person, don't do that. Why? Because it keeps you on guard. You want right. to guard yourself. Why? For them and for you. Because it's unhealthy. Right. Because it's a trick of the enemy. You're being used or manipulated to tear down a certain ministry. You're being used to tear down a certain person. Why? Because if that person is moving ahead and let's say ministry or anything that is um, constructive or conducive for the Lord, mm -hmm. then the enemy will use someone else to attack them or, or hurt them or uh, damage right. that ministry. So I, I find that a lot of people don't take notice of relationships and leaders because they think their leaders don't cannot fall or should not fall and they are unaware of their leaders being tested well they got to understand because i've been in ministry since i was a little girl my first church i started off in was my late cousin uh, Reverend Homer Smith, he had a church right off Boulevard here in Atlanta, Mount Sinai Baptist Church. So before my mother even got saved, I was with, that was our family church. So I used to go with my great aunt and grandmother, them over there, and it was family, you know, there was type of church out the church. The sisters would be down in the downstairs right, part, the had the plates fits yep. to sell and everything. Yep. And my mother, when she um, landed her job at General Motors, I was in the third grade around that time, second or third grade when she landed a job at General Motors. And it was a pastor there, um, I don't know if he's living or not, uh, Reverend Daniels, but uh, Pastor Daniels, he had a church right off Martin Luther King. So that was the pastor that my mother was up under that she got saved. So we came up under his leadership for a while. And, um, you know, later on we went to uh, the move of God, the late Reverend Edward Anderson off Anderson Avenue. Reverend Edward Harris, let me get his name right, Reverend Edward Harris, don't y'all get me from the move of God. <laughs> so until I finished high school, we was up on him, and when I say he was an awesome, awesome leader, he did not play. When I say old school, old school, we had to wear dresses and skirts. I wore dresses and skirts till I was able to get my own my senior year. So, and he was one of those type of pastors. If anybody was gossiping and it got back to him, anybody was acting up, he didn't even care about his own family. If anything they was doing that went against, you know, his teachings of the word of God, that was one of those pastors that sat you down. Man, I, I, and, and rightfully so. And, you know, one thing I tell people about him, he never told anybody what to give him for no pastor appreciation. The members gave what was on their heart to give him. Anybody that he brought in to speak, he would uh, tell the members for those that can get an envelope, you know. And he never put a mount on what to put in there, whatever was laid on their heart to, to put in there. He would... Uh, I always go out to eat with us as members. Anybody had a baby, he was always there at the hospital. When I had my first baby, because I was young, she was a preemie. He had to come to the hospital and pray for me because the doctors told my mom, 
um, without having an epidural. I was not going to deliver my daughter normally. Mm -hmm. And my mama reverted back to her pregnancy with me when she wasn't a teenager, she was grown, but she was in a coma before I even came out of her. Yeah, and they wasn't expecting for her to live. She had to have two blood transfusions and was in a coma, I think, for over 16 and a half hours. So my aunt really named me, my mother did, my aunt named me because they didn't expect for my mom to make it. She only know when she came out that coma, they told I was here. So I was a little three pound, they full term, but just three pounds. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you, I'm going like, I'm, to I'm ask you this difficult question. Mm -hmm. Fathers, mm -hmm. are they your first leader or are they, or is the pastor the first leader when so, it comes to, when it comes to... Let's let's use you for an example. Mm -hmm. When it comes to you, was your father the first leader, or was your your the pastor your first leader? No, I was a daddy's girl. <laughs> Me and my dad was so much of a light because we're we're those simple people. You know, my mom was more the bougie side, the street disciplinary. My dad was the one. He didn't believe in whooping or chastising. He just believed in talking to you. And that was it. And my mom was more the, you know, because they were separated when I was a baby. Um, I used to love for him to come get us because it's like we got a chance to have some freedom with him. When my mom, if anything the church didn't do, we couldn't do. Right. <laughs> so the old weekends when dad was out work, when he wasn't driving trucks, I'm like, yes, daddy, yes, come get me, yes. <laughs> But he was more the easy one to talk to. Mm -hmm. So did you learn more from, because I hear you talk more about mom, because mm -hmm. it seems like you spent more time with mom, but you love being with dad. So where do you think you got your leadership? I'm sorry. Where do you think you got your leadership, from mom or from dad? My mom. From mom? My mom. She's a praying woman, still is to this day. Um, to be honest, we haven't had the best mother-daughter relationship, but I respect the God in her like no other. Her and my stepfather, when she did marry, they would get up every morning praying. Sometimes he was up before her. They was praying over the house and everybody else. They paid their tithes together. Um, even our school friends, they knew my mom was strict. But I promise you, they would come to our house, ask my mom to pray. And everybody, her bed had been everybody. <laughs> They'll come get up in the bed like we do. <laughs> Grandma, I need you to pray for me. So from my mom, from my mom, even when I want to give up, even on ministry, my mom like, uh-uh. So mm -mm. Your, your leadership comes from your mom and, yes. and, and not dad. Yes. Do, do you think dad a lot of... go to church. <laughs> I thought it would be most likely the grandfathers that didn't do that. But I, I, my, my question to you is, why do you think men um, are not so much in the house of the Lord anymore? Or I'm seeing more women leaders than I'm seeing males leaders. Why do you think that is at this particular juncture in life? My father knew God, but my dad was like, the busy devils and hypocrites is in the house of God because... So many people in the church, and I faced it. I watched my mother face it, my sister, my niece. So many people could be so judgmental. And I was just discussing this recently about the cliques in the church, how leadership... It's always been that. Though. Yeah, always been that, how you will be overlooked. Sometimes some leaders are afraid to let you go 
they could see what's in you, but some of them fear if you're going to be more so than what they are, you should push people more and not be afraid of that. I've been held back so much in ministry to it's sad. Is it because they don't know themselves or because of um, covetousness? Some I people would like, like to say the word jealousy, but... It is uh, jealousy. It is a lot of time um, you're not running your house. You're allowing who's covering you to run your house, dictate to you how your house should be ran. I'm more the controversial person that people have a problem with because, because I'm so much out here with people in the industry. And, you know, they have a problem with that, but I'm a people person. God is no respect to a person. I don't know them by what they do out here in the industry. I know them for themselves, their heart, their relationship with God. They talk to me more. They respect me more because I come and sit and talk to them and get to know them. Well, you got other people that's in the church that's judge them and not even getting a chance to know them. So when I'm out here, I'm taking my piece. I'm like, why hide? Because God sees all. He sees all. The same thing I do, you do behind the closed door, but because I'm doing it publicly, it's always a problem. <laughs> well, I, I, I like to say this. Um, there are people, um, and I don't like to use the word judgment as much as you, you should get taught by your leadership being a good fruit inspector. Examine people's fruit. Mm-hmm which means I'm checking out your character. Mm-hmm. You, we might, if your fruit is unhealthy for me, mm-hmm. that's not being judgmental, that's just being wise. Because why? It prevents me from being hurt by you, right? Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if you are doing things or I'm not in agreement with, I don't have to tear down your ministry and I don't have to tear you down. Right. I can just say, this, this is not going to work. And I, you know, people will go in and have dinner with someone and go someone because they know that this is not going to work out well. So they'll sit there, have dinner, and then never call that individual back. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they know this is not going to work out. Well, the same thing in, in the body. If it's going to be unhealthy for me, right, then I must depart ways. No different than what we see. And I mm-hmm. use the example of when Paul and Barnabas had to split over John Mark, his mm-hmm. cousin, right? I, this is not going to work. This is going to be unhealthy. And Paul's like, that's, that's right. I ain't, I ain't going out like that. You got right. me once. You ain't getting me again. I'm, I'm done. Right. Right. So he takes solace. And Barnabas takes John Mark. But what ends up happening? Ministry work is still being done. Exactly. Right. Then he comes back. We see later on when he's writing his book and say, hey, send him, send him to me that because he he is profitable for me at this particular time. Yeah. Well, Miss Smig, we have run out of time. We have addressed the issue about leadership and their poor decision making with uh, why they're cheating, why they're making decisions not to um, cover their their people mm-hmm. but i'm i need to give you the last word go ladies ahead. first go ahead <laughs> all i can say is men and women because it goes hand in hand just 
be careful, be mindful, pay attention because God do give us the discerning of spirits. So sometimes we know, but because we're so, you know, the enemy will send all type of distractions and we're, we're all focused. But when you're feeling it in your spirit, pay more attention to it because God is trying to tell you something. So don't be too distracted. Wait, take your time, get counseling, you know, do a little more searching. We know some marriages can happen quick, but some are not made to happen that quick. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I will say this. We thank you for your time. If I can leave you with something, it will be this. Before you make any decisions, always stream them through the word of God. Ask him first and foremost, and you will get an answer. It might not be the answer that you're looking for, mm -hmm. but you will get an answer. So I am Elder Jones uh, from Mind of a Man, and now you know what's on my mind from this man. Bless y'all all, and thank you.